Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, another man who is also a host of this show, Chris Biggs. I'm glad to be here, Garrett. I'm sad that I, I couldn't be in what appeared to be a, a weird basement in Atlantic City uh, over the weekend, because it looked fun. I, I guess that would have been nice to be in Osaka, too. Um, although I guess after the, uh, results of what occurred in, in Osaka, really, just really fucking sad not to be in Toronto in like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, one of those was very doable for you. Right. You know, it was, it was very close. The other, a little further away, the other one slightly less, but still far. Yeah. Um, damn it. You are right. After they started kind of saying some stuff they might get in Toronto. I do feel a little screwed with our uh, forbidden door. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not one to complain about much, Garrett. I, I do recognize, like, we're very lucky. We've gotten to travel a lot for wrestling, and we've we've been in the room for a lot of stuff that I'll probably tell my kid about. And I don't want to, I don't want to be ungrateful. Yeah. I, I literally wear a hat that says always grateful to try to remind myself to always be grateful. But last year... <laughs> I was supposed to see Brian Danielson against Zack Sabre Jr. And I saw Zack Sabre Jr. get squashed by, like, the, the B-minus version of Brian Danielson. This year, Brian Danielson, not only is he going to be on the show, it seems like he's going to wrestle fucking Okada. That's a hard pill to swallow, especially it's a hard when one. <laughs> we're in the United States and don't have tickets to this show. <laughs> What are we a month away from this? Or is it it's the end of the Three month, week, right? It, it's uh, uh, less than it's the 24th. It's going to be like two weeks from from Sunday. So, yeah. And so for those who haven't seen or caught up on New Japan Dominion yet, the show is good and enjoyable. I mean, I we'll maybe call it a couple of points of it. But um, the so semi main event, right? It's Okada, Tanahashi and Ishii against uh, Mox and Shooter and Claudio. Um, first of all, just pointing out, by the way, that, uh, I sent this to you, Garrett. I know you didn't see the, the rest of the match. It, the, the match itself was enjoyable, but Ishii shoot headbutting Mox so hard that he started bleeding. It's a real thing that happened. That headbutt was, and it wasn't like it was in the top of his head. It was like Ishii cocked his head, like he cocked his body like a shotgun and then just, just sent his fire hydrant shaped body into the <laughs> the middle of john moxley's eyes i was thinking about this garrett about because i was re-listening to last week's episode and we spent a lot of time talking about our our dear friend arn anderson and um his his blood packets um <laughs> and it struck me that like Pete, you were watching that show with people who aren't wrestling fans and they probably watched the arn anderson oh yeah fake blood and you're like yeah that's definitely fake blood you don't actually it's like and you're like, but sometimes it's real blood. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And it's like, it does feel like it it cheapens things a little when Arn, Arn's like cut the fake blood in the mouth. And then a week later, or just even later in the show, obviously Mox bled again. But like, in specifically here, Mox is just getting headbutted so hard that he starts bleeding. <laughs> and someone's like, oh, that's fake blood. It's like, no, no, he's doing horrible damage to himself to entertain us and ble blood is the the result of that so are you saying that arn anderson's killing the business yes disrespecting mox 
I did find out from uh, my buddy who was watching it with me that his wife said something later about the the blood during mm-hmm. the main event, like as they were on their drive home. Right. And uh, he's like, no, that was that was real. And she goes, what? No. But like earlier, he's like, no, no, earlier that was not. <laughs> but he's like it like my friend who does not watch wrestling, but hears me talk about it enough. Like, no, they will like actually cut themselves and then. The blood port that is he he said everything you saw in the main event was real. <laughs> and that blew her mind. <laughs> but thanks right. to goddamn Uncle Arn, she just <laughs> she was sitting there like looking at her phone the whole time, looking up occasionally, thinking that I just watched like some horror movie carry pig blood from the ceiling bullshit. Yeah. So the um anyway, so so it's a good match if if you get the chance to see it. I I recommend it. It's it's pretty enjoyable. Uh, Okada and Co. win. He beats uh, he beat Okada pin shooter because and continuing the thing where Okada is just a dick to the young boys. He's like fuck you, young boy. <laughs> it's great. It's <laughs> it's just so he's just so angry about it. He's just like don't challenge me. I'm Okada. You're just a young boy shooter. Come on, your your box is young boy. Um, it is kind of insulting. <laughs> It's pretty funny. Um, but Mox afterwards, he's like, okay, yeah, you won this one, but we're the best in the world. I know because we hang out with the best in the world, and I've got a message from him. And they go to this video, and Danielson is just, he's in the desert, maybe in the Grand Canyon somewhere. I don't know. It's beautiful. It's picturesque. I'm trying to watch the show real quick because I got brunch plans, and my parents are coming over to watch Maddie during my brunch plans. And so my parents arrive. And, like, during this match, and they're watching, I'm watching the match, and I'm not too distracted, and um, <laughs> Danielson starts talking, and my mom is just talking in my ear, and I'm just trying to be like, no, mom, come on, I'm trying not to be a dick. <laughs> my parents are about to watch my daughter. I love my parents, they're great, um, but they just like to talk, and I'm trying to explain that the words of this little man in the desert are very, very meaningful to me. I gotta know what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> but I do, I do get that... <laughs> Danielson's basically like Okada I want you um and he's like it's gonna be like the desert for you you are the rainmaker but there's no rain in the desert and Okada's response at least as best translated by Chris Charlton because I do not speak Japanese was I can make it rain anywhere bitch <laughs> and so, oh! I I am in I am I think they're gonna do the match that's they could do a tag match or something like that but it pretty clearly teased that and like Man, there's my fifty. Whatever fifty dollars, there's my fifty dollars. I'm in, super in. Just here's my money, Tony Khan. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a main event anywhere in the world. Yeah, it sounded and, like our our friend Lowell like literally was just like I'm I'm flying to Toronto now. <laughs> Which good on Lowell. I'm with him again. If I had if I had did not have other plans that weekend already, I would also be on a plane to Toronto. <laughs> We've definitely been there where like something happened and we immediately are just on our phone purchasing tickets to a thing. I definitely did it to revolution, like for the punk MJF dog collar match. I think I was at like one of the go home shows to it and then was just like watching their their (laughs) promos and just was on my phone buying a ticket. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I do like where he's like, all right, wet boy. I hope you're ready for some dry mouth because I'm the fucking desert. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's going to be. And they also tease. So the opening match, right, was Osprey against uh, Lance Archer. Winner gets a shot at, at Kenny Omega's U.S. title. Another good one. Kind of short sprint, but kind of a super fun. Those guys had a great match. You were at that, right? The the G1 in Dallas, right? Those two guys yeah. had an awesome banger back then. This was not quite on that level, but it was still really good. Um, and and then Osprey's like, I'll take you, I'll take you on anywhere, Ken, Kenny. I'll even come to Canada, which is pretty clearly because it was like, yeah, could they have done the match in England or something? Who knows? But pretty clearly, they're like, we're gonna do this at Forbidden Door. So that if that's the top two, I, they don't even again, they don't even need to announce the rest of a card. They've got my money. They can just, I, I'm in. So dependent. So who what? Kenny won the first one. Mm-hmm. And then Osprey gets round two in Canada. He maybe he beats Kenny in Canada, and maybe. they turn around and go for three in England. Could go three in England. Could go three at Wrestle Kingdom again. I don't know. They could do five. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I'll watch them all. I'll watch mm-hmm. every single one. So potentially th- those two matches are better than anything we got on that card. Other. Mm-hmm. Then we did get to see um, something I think we forget about because it was so buried in the middle of the card. Mm-hmm. We got to see Sting no sell two super kicks from the Young Bucks. <laughs> and that was mi- maybe the only moment from that show that I kind of cherish. I mean, Orange Cassidy against Osprey was very entertaining. Uh, yeah, that's true. That was, yeah. I, again, at the end of the day, I think we all, we all like that show. It's just the weight of the expectations of that show. It, like that that show really sort of like sunk for us under the weight of like knowing what we were supposed to see and didn't and we were just like this is really good but it's not what i the dream match i had in my mind it's one of the reasons i try to avoid fantasy booking it's just really hard when someone's like no this was supposed to be the thing you saw and a guy got hurt um but hey yeah. you know for that show if it weren't for that show we would have never seen beast man it's true we would have never eaten at the Billy Goat Tavern, mm-hmm. which led to us doing the podcast again. It's true. We should. We. I'm very appreciative of that, and I will. We will get to watch this on television, and we will get to go to many other incredible wrestling matches in the future. We're going to be okay, guys. I don't. Again, listeners, this is not a woe is us. I'm just. This just be the grateful. show looks incredible. I'm be. I'm grateful. The show looks it is, amazing. Yeah, it's. It's just one that I'm a little jealous of our friends up north that get to make a drive to Toronto. Uh, that or fly, I don't. However, however one get would there. get to Toronto, yeah. I mean, my understanding from South Park is that Canada has one road that you drive down, and you just kind of go down there, and it's just it's all just one road. <laughs> um, the other, I will say, so I thought the whole show was uh pretty good. Um, a couple of other points to make. Um, so, uh, let's see. Zack Saber versus uh, Jeff Cobb was really good. If anyone uh, is looking for something to check out, um, was that for a title? That was for the TV title. Okay. Um, Sonata against Yoda Suji was surprisingly good. I kind of buy Yoda Suji as a main eventer now. I guess I. Let's see if he can keep it up. But I was kind of like, I thought he might win the title at points and wasn't disappointed in that. So good for him on that. He's apparently hanging with LIJ. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, the fact that they could get you to think that for a little bit tells me that there was some decent storytelling involved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so uh negative thing from the show maybe negative maybe more mediocre thing uh what are you drinking there garrett i am drinking a tropical punch prime Ooh. i for the first time since that one where i had the ice pop went to the grocery store found a stock a shelf stocked full of primes took every single one of the ice pops they had and one of each other flavor and i know uh matt said that his son told him that uh Red is the least desirable flavor, mm-hmm. which is fruit or tropical punch. I wanted to, you know, I got to give them all a fair shot. Sure. How's the mouth feel, Garrett? Damn, it just tastes like Hawaiian punch. Okay. But 20 calories, you know, like. Okay. I, I, I really think that if I were an outdoorsman and I were chopping wood, getting sweaty, <laughs> hot, uh, take a sip of this, I'd be quenched. Fucking send me a case of these. Please. <laughs> Please, Logan Ball. I'm your biggest fan. Um, yeah, I mean, that sounds good. I mean, that's never a big trop like a red, like tropical punch, fruit punch kind of stuff. Was I'm not against them, but it's not I'm not the I'm not the uh the number one guy on those. So it sounds like that's a good one though. I'll keep an eye out for that. I gotta get the whole keep group it. at some point. You gotta you gotta run the rainbow on these guys because <laughs> I I did read an article tonight because I was looking to see if I had any booze that I could mix with a prime for this mm-hmm. this show. I didn't. It seems like the only thing that people make with prime is just mixing this and vodka. I do not have vodka. Um, that also doesn't seem that but, exciting. That sounds like a college kid drink. But I did see an article as I was googling prime. Let me see. I think I still got it here. It just says. It was from the Independent, and the headline was, It tastes foul, it's impossible to buy, but Prime has become a playground obsession. And it said, if you're a teenage boy, the most important social capital you can have on the playground right now isn't the latest iPhone, or which sneaker brand is currently trendy. It's actually an energy drink. (laughs) I do like the idea, Garrett, that you could go to the playground and be the coolest kid. Like, if if you took your son to the playground... And maybe there were some like middle, maybe probably not high school kids, but like maybe middle school kids around or something. And you're just drinking a prime. They're all looking like, man, that guy's fucking cool. That's a cool dad over there. He's drinking prime. Like smoking cigarettes now. This is (laughs) if it were 2023 and James Dean were still alive. This is what he would be drinking. He wouldn't be smoking cigarettes. (laughs) (laughs) He's a devil without a cause. Just drinking some prime. I'll tell you this, skinny Marlon Brando and fat Marlon Brando both would have enjoyed a prime. <laughs> um, so what I was saying was the, um, he, here's what, here's, I, I was noticing the other day, actually, when they were talking about like the Bullet Club gold or whatever, I was like, you know, there's not that many guys in the main Bullet Club at this point. House of Torture seems like a separate thing. There's like, it's like Finley, Kenta, Maurice. I'm like, I don't know. There's not that many guys at this point. They rectified that on this show. <laughs> Um, they basically, they took every young lion graduate that didn't have anything to do and they just gave them bullet club t-shirts in lieu of giving them personalities. Clark Connors, uh, Alex Coughlin. Yeah. Gabe Kidd. Um, there's a, a British guy who was apparently in the United empire for like two weeks. And now he's, he's turned, I tell you, and he's in bullet club and I'm supposed to be mad about this. Kevin Kelly seemed very offended. Um, so yeah, they're all just in Bullet Club now. There's like four more of them just hanging out wearing t-shirts. 
going like so like Bullet cheering Club for David is... Finley during his match. <laughs> Bullet Club sounds like like okay, so like last night I just watched The House Bunny with my wife. Okay. The Anna Ferris movie where she is going to be in a sorority or she's going to be the house mom of a sorority, but she has to go to the loser house mm-hmm. and try and make them cool. And I feel like right now that Bullet Club might be the loser house. Yeah, Bullet Club's like the NWOC team now. Um, like David Finley is like Stevie Ray. Um, I think this makes Kenta like Scott Norton, maybe. I mean, and, I and all these other guys are—they're all—they're all Virgil. They're all just collected. They're all just each Virgil. <laughs> that would be amazing to throw into a promo against Bullet Club, and all—it it would just take one promo, and they'd be done forever. There's no coming <laughs> back from it. I really think that, like, I don't know. I like Clark Connors. He's good. He just needs something to do, and. Ishimori is good. Maybe... Coglin's good too. Kids, I mean, they're all fine. I, I, I think the matches will be okay. A bunch of those guys, at least two of them, are in the G one. I think. I think they put Kid in the G one. Um, and uh, I think there's at least one. I think at least one more of them that they put in the G one. Uh. Looking at the picture. Yeah, they put Coglin in there too. I mean, they got Would 32 you... spots this year, so they got a lot of slots to fill, but they're all in there and they can they can do their best. And and uh, you said right that Eddie Kingston's in the G1 this yeah, year. Yeah, that's the good news. That's the good news from this show. We're gonna get to watch Eddie Kingston in the motherfucking G1. Um again, I'm a little down the G1 after last year, the four block thing, but goddamn, I'm watching every Eddie Kingston match in the G1, even if he's got to wrestle Chase Owens. Even if he has because he might beat up Chase Owens pretty good. Well, he's definitely, I mean, it's interesting. Like, I noticed actually when they were doing the announcements, even the announcer sounds kind of disappointed in, like, the, the Chase Owens. He's like, oh, Chase Owens. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a palpable disappointment in his voice. He's, like, reading it as he's going, like, oh, man, come on, guys. Ghetto. We can't get anyone else here? Chase Owens has dirt on Ghetto. That's <laughs> the only way he's still in that company. You know, I just realized, though, I'm looking at the, the picture again. I don't think they put Yujiro in this year. So I guess that's a win. We don't have to watch Yujiro Takahashi G1 matches. That's that's good. That's a step up. It's the small victories. It's the small victories. So we'll find out, I guess, soon when which block uh, Kingston's in. That'll be exciting. Um, yeah. So, Garrett, I'm curious. So the other big thing this from this weekend in terms of wrestling was... Uh, the GCW shows. Are you, I know you were watching it as we started talking. Are you at the finish yet of the second night? I just hit play. <laughs> oh, you I'm just sorry. hit play. So, so I what, just what, did as you, as you started talking about it. Well, as maybe we'll start, we'll start talking about the, the GCW shows. So, so for the listeners, right? Garrett has not seen the finish of cage of survival yet, um, which I will point out. Um, isn't really a cage. It's like I think they there was a long break in in this thing. I I think they just gave up making a cage and they made like a partial fence of survival. I am very because yeah, I, as I was clicking through the timer of how much time was left, 
it would be like, we need six more minutes. And then it would hit the the zero and be like, actually, can you give us six more minutes? <laughs> I think they did that three times. And then when it came back on, I'm like, what the fuck is this? This there is not a cage. Only, there are only three parts of a cage. That, One of them just no, kind of pops up. Yeah, I'm sorry. Two, two parts of a cage. One is in the cage position. One is like, ratchet strapped <laughs> to the turnbuckle at an angle and they just put a sheet of glass on it do you think when they got kicked out of the carousel room like how the fuck are we gonna sit this up in the basement because i see like there's pipes all over the basement with that look Maybe. like there's just there's too much shit down there i like it's the like, basement I mean, any basement you gotta basements all got shit in them you know we all know this see a box of old t-shirts in the corner oh no those are bullet club shirts <laughs> yeah i mean it's uh so the first night right so they did uh tournament of survival um one disappointment i had i was assuming the green phantom was going to be like someone under a mask and not just a person wrestling that just lost and didn't we never revealed who that person was <laughs> So yeah, we're right. We don't is. know who they are, where they're from. I mean, I would assume Mexico because they were a mat, like a luchador, right? But no, they they did not wrestle in a way that suggested luchador. They, it oh, suggested shit. they may be from the like the Midwest or something. Ha! And they weren't a replacement, were they? Like they were on no, the card. Not that or... I'm aware of. They were announced. It was very strange. What the hell! I missed uh, that match. I came in at the tail end of Despy. John Wayne and um, and Tremont. That one was good. I I like that. It was great to see. Again, we've been we've been stumping since last year for GCW Desperado Run, and I was a little disappointed he didn't advance. But that match was really really good. Uh, <laughs> the Tremont bump where he just like fell into the the web of uh, of barbed wire and just could not get up. Just like ah, you just gotta give up at a certain point. I also realized I think Despy really likes the can spot. In both matches, he's like, he's like I'm into the cans. It's good for well, me. I like you, it. He did the cans in Nashville, then he did the cans with June Kasai. Did them the first night. Did them night two. So he he must be like, yeah, that's he's like either that spot just looks. I mean, it looks like it hurts. I'm always expecting to see somebody get sliced up, but no one ever does. Mm. So it must just be an easy deathmatch spot and honestly you used to see it a lot more than you do now hmm and people kind of overdid it now desi's bringing it back despy is my favorite wrestler right now like deathmatch despy is the coolest dude i think we need a specific deathmatch despy t-shirt i'd buy that Ooh. yeah it seemed like yeah he's having a good time like honestly of everything i watched this weekend I will say this main event has been very good, I think. Um, oh, the the barbed wire webbing is just... Mm, yeah, they sorry, took a, I just that's watched, a pretty nasty uh, bump there, too. I watched Rena take a, a dive into that, and she is tangled up. She's got that long hair. Ugh. But, I don't know, it seems like Despy has his very specific spots he's willing to do in Deathmatch, and I am completely fine with those spots. It, yeah. they, they absolutely work for him. And at the end of that match, when he grabbed the microphone and just like, I need to thank John fucking Moxley. <laughs> I think Moxley woke something up in Despy. Mm, yeah. He's found something in himself. 
he had not found before. And it's it's good to see. I I'm I really liked not to skip around too much, but I thought the he had the matchup with Janela was really fun on night two. I thought they just I was like, that's gonna be it seemed like that was gonna be a good matchup, and that was a really strong in the way that both worked. The match with Tremont and John Wayne, right? That's like Despy working, like very pure deathmatch guys. Janela and he could kind of go both ways in terms of the the sort of spot energy, but also deathmatch that I thought was a that was a really fun mix between those two. Janela putting Despy on the ground, turning the barbed wire door upside down to face yes. Despy, going up on the ladder and giving him the double stomp through the door. That is such a brutal spot to do to somebody. Um, I just, I like Despy's willingness to just jump into this. Mm. It's just, there's, I don't know when a guy who doesn't normally do death matches just like goes head first into it and seems to really enjoy it. There's, there's something very fun about that. I mean, that was kind of the, the same reason it was so fun watching uh, Cardona do it. Mm. Yes. He just went so head first into it. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of who's like left on the, I mean, Despy against Gage obviously would be interesting. Um, we did get to see him against, against Tremont and John Wayne. You know what? Despy and Rena. That's the match I want. I want Despy and Rena. That'd be good. Um, you know what? Actually, I'm going to do you one better. Despy and American cheeseburger. So oh, Despy, Despy yeah. gets canceled. Send him over there with Cologne. Despy against Schlack. Oh, that would. Mm, that would be that would be fun. Um, <laughs> Despy's feeding Despy's feeding Schlack Japanese food. Just, just Schlack just totally confused at the taste of sushi. <laughs> Raw fish is it dangerous? Sometimes it gave uh, Jeremy Piven mercury poisoning, and he had to miss a run he was doing in a play. Yeah, but it's like Schlack, you just ate a cheeseburger covered in glass, so. <laughs> I think you can take this risk here. My flavor palette understands that. <laughs> also, if you're worried about the mercury poisoning, the light tubes are much more concerning. <laughs> At this point, that's like that's that's Schlack's go-go juice. That's you know that makes him stronger. Um. So overall, I mean, did you? Did you think it was a good tournament? Tournament of survival? Were you satisfied with where it went? I thought I will say I thought some of the the choices in terms of like the the semis didn't the semis I didn't love. Um, it felt like everyone was kind of tired and saving a little bit. I thought the final with John Wayne and Rena was was good. Um, it just felt like there was maybe one too many. Maybe they should have gone to a four way after the the first round or something. I don't know. It just felt like the the semis really just kind of not dragged, but they just felt a little bit shorter and just like everyone was just kind of burnt and hurt, you know? I feel like that's pretty common in them though. Right. Right. You know, like going a little easy in the second round to, to save it for the end. Um, I don't know. I, I did really enjoy the three-way women's match. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love, I want to see more Casey Kirk in GCW, honestly, more of the Kirks. To to skip ahead a second though, mm. you said the next night the Kirks versus versus Cardona was not super good. No, it was a very like the the Cardona and Delander kind of went for heat and stalling and like the the actual match itself was fine, but like 
you'll be okay without seeing it. <laughs> um, at the end, right, you know, uh, Ito and uh, Gage come out and uh, Cardona takes some shots after uh, cheating to win. A nasty light tube shot, too. Mm, yeah. I I honestly figured he was going to move and Kirk was taking it to the head. Because he's, you know, he's got Cardona's arms behind his back. But Cardona took it from Ito and she hit him kind of in the neck shoulder area. And the way that bundle of light tubes broke, it first cut up his back. Because his yeah. back just immediately started spurting. And then just his whole side of the body, which he sold so perfectly him just shouting over and over at the camera look at me look at me (laughs) Uh, i was you i liked casey i like casey kirk's vibe i had not watched a lot of her before this weekend but i just i just like the energy of a little woman who will hit you with light tubes uh she just seems like uh again like she reminds me of like what if my mom was violent? Because <laughs> part, so, so there, so she's what, like barely a little over five foot tall, right? Yeah. And Brandon Kirk is a, a normal tall man. I think he looks like he's six foot, six two, maybe, um, which is totally my parents. My dad is six two. My mom is five foot, but somehow my mom's definitely the scarier one of the two. You know, you know, it doesn't have to be the biggest dog in the fight. And sometimes it's the craziest. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You think you think the big guy is going to be the nerve. People always like, oh, like your dad. And also my dad kind of looks like Tony Soprano. They're like, oh, that guy. It's like, no, that's the softy. He'll cry. At him. <laughs> He'll cry at Rocky. You know, well, he's not a my monster. mom's never hit. He's never hit. He's not a monster. My mom's never hit anyone to a light with a light tube that I'm aware of. I mean, she was a she was a public school teacher for forty years, so I'm sure she considered it. That hardens you. Yeah, and during the the women's match, though, just as far as height is concerned, they did kind of look like uh, cell service bars, right. like they were like the perfect <laughs> like. <laughs> and my my wife watched that match with me, and she goes, "That's Sawyer Rec," and I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "She's shaped like Mrs. Incredible from the the Incredibles." <laughs> She's like, she's very tall, she's very skinny, and she's got a big ass. <laughs> Have you, are, you gotta watch out with that, Garrett, because you're gonna be watching The Incredibles with your kid, and you're gonna be like, you know, that's a good point. She really, <laughs> she really is my type. <laughs> I've never been into moms, but uh, I guess I'm that age now. <laughs> but this is, I'm curious, so... Now that your wife has watched you watch Sawyer Wreck, mm-hmm. how does she feel about this? Um, I think that she knows I have no game and there's mm. nothing to fear. True. It's not that she you knows know? that you're loyal and love her. It's that. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's it's I stand no chance. And. Uh... No, I th- I think both. I think both. I don't know. We've got. I we ha- I feel like I say enough. Here's what you got to do. Yes, you can enjoy a, a lady wrestler, but you also have to equally talk about how hot the guys are. Okay. If you just are like constantly talking about the attractiveness of certain people. Sure. Then you just, you know, that. That buys you some points. You can say more the other way. 
All right. Unless it's All about right. Selma Hayek. That's off limits in this house. So who is the handsomest guy on Tournament of Survival? Hmm. Excluding I mean, Despy, because he, he wasn't wearing the mask. He was wearing the mask, I mean. So I looked up a picture of Despy with no mask. And when I typed in El Desperado wrestler, no, the first thing that popped up, not no mask, it popped up no legs. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? And it meant nothing. Uh, it didn't link me to anything. He does not. Have, he does not have currently have bionic legs. Okay, that's um, good to know. He's a pretty handsome guy under there, though. Yeah, I mean, he did. It was. I think it was best of the Super Juniors 2020 in the final where the mask came off, and we were all like, "Is he just never going to wear the mask again?" Because people seem to love him, and he's so handsome. And then he just put it back on. Isn't that kind of what happened with Ray? I remember a minute in WCW where Ray just had no mask. Well, Ray lost the mask. He lost it like a mask mask versus hair or whatever match to uh, Kevin Nash. And then WWE was just like, screw this. We can sell these masks to children. Put that mask on. Way more t-shirts get sold when we don't see your face. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm seeing them starting to build structures. Okay. So we might be getting, you to get to the, the finish of this main event, which whew, we'll have a lot to I talk think about. Masha, Masha looks really cool. In her outfit. Mm. I like her uh, her her uh, denim vest with, like, the band patches. And, like, part of me was thinking, like, do you really want to bloody this up? This is a good vest. But that makes it so much fucking cooler if it got all bloodied up in a fight. If you're just, like, walking up to the band show and just like, yeah, you get that, what happened to your vest? Oh, you know, I wrestled in it. It was called a cage, but really it only had one and a half walls. It was a Could basement not of survival. It counts. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we're climbing this thing. Um, fuck, I feel like I've just watching this and just like bouncing around GCW. I feel like I've just been all over the place. What are we talking handsome. about? Who's handsome, Garrett? Who's handsome? Oh. Who's the handsomest man in Cage's survival or tournament of survival? He wasn't even in it, but he was in between. And I think it's got to be Brandon Kirk. He wasn't even in the tournament. I think he's a, he's a good looking guy. I think, you know, uh, I, I think the, uh, uh, the, the Cyclope is he's just got like a, a kind face, you know? He has really grown on me. Like, him, especially him doing deathmatch wearing like a pair of beats. Yeah. <laughs> There's, he's become like a deathmatch cartoon character. And I really, really like that about him. Getting nervous. We're on some scaffolding here. We're on some scaffolding. Oh my God. And Garrett, oh. Garrett is watching the main event here. He has not seen what's about to happen. Both things that are about to happen for those who are aware. Um, so again, and just to, to clarify this for, for anyone who isn't aware. So Rena wins tournament of survival. That means she gets to wrestle uh, Masha the next night main event in cage, quote unquote, of survival. Um, they build this big thing. Tell me what, tell everyone what you're seeing, Garrett. Guy in a black cloak comes out wearing like ski well, goggles. No, tell them what the spot, the spot was before. Oh, so uh, Rena and Masha were on top of the scaffolding and she kind of side saddle picked up Rena and just kind of hopped off. And I was really worried she was going to land weird, but I mean, they crashed through. What was it? Doors covered in barbed wire on top of chairs. It was a, they a real mess very of clean, shit. But it was, yeah. 
Um, so who's who's under that black hood? <sighs> that red-headed fuck, Blake Christian, who just I just watched pin. Oh, and he's getting trash thrown at him. Yeah. But yeah, this so- isn't like fun trash. This is like boo, this sucks trash. Yeah, this is this is we may not be coming back to this basement trash is my is was my takeaway. So and just for, for everyone who maybe again hasn't seen it, so Blake Christian right had the title shot from the the brass ring thing that he could cash in at any time. Is that from um, spring break? From spring break, right? So he cashes this in right after the big spot through, and then both of them are down. He gives uh Masha a curb stomp and pins her. Um and people throw things at him. Um, I, I gotta say, um, this really feels like a potential jump the shark moment. Uh, <laughs> it. I. I don't know where they're going with this, and I. I just don't. I'm. Tr- I was trying to game out like what they could do, like what these main events could be like with Blake Christian, and I'm not interested. <laughs> Yeah, just main events of just like pretty good wrestling. <laughs> I think that's it though, right? Like cuz what we I like a good GCW main event to be a big brawl. Mm-hmm. I feel like the best main events they have are just people brawling around a room, going through doors. It doesn't even necessarily have to have glass to right. be a a good main event. But I don't know. He he is good, so it's hard. He's a good wrestler. Technically, I don't know. You're right, yeah. though. It doesn't it doesn't have me excited for what's to come. Um, it's he does. I'm trying to even think though. Like when Ricky Shane Page came in and stole the title off Gage, did we like Ricky hadn't really been there yet at that point. That was like him coming into the company i guess I think so. well, i was thinking about this in real because ricky shane is obviously the analog here right because ricky shane did basically the exact same thing in terms of stealing the belt right gray wins he's, he comes in he pins him you know um ricky of course ended up having a long run with the title in part because of covid um but he had his gang right like that was kind of the thing there was that it was you know, Ricky um, being backed up by 440, right? So the payoff to that was both Gage and RSP at, at the at spring break in 2021, but it was also Deathmatch War Games, right? There was a, a, a direction there where lots of people got screwed over by Ricky over time, and they all banded together to fight against um, 440. Good story. I thought, like, I mean... A, a relatively a, a simple but well told story, I think, over the course, especially of on the Indies, yeah, right over that year of GCW that you got a climax like that. That's pretty good. Cardona, of course, wins the title. In, I mean, that's totally different because that match is sort of incredible in its own way. Um, and of course, yeah, he he cheats with RSP and he doesn't end up holding the belt that long, right? It's it's a, a transitional thing, more of a bit. So now, almost two years after that, right, after a year of, almost a year of, oh, exactly a year of Mox holding the title and then the Gage and Masha stuff, you know, we've got another heel who's a chicken shit, 
right? That's his whole thing. He's not going to be do death matches. He's not going to mean, but he doesn't have a crew, right? So he's going to wrestle like, is he going to wrestle like Mansur and like try to have a brawl or like what's, I don't know. And he's just going to cheat to win. It's, it's, it's just not, I don't know. I just, I don't like the, I can't, I'm having trouble constructing the matches that I'm interested in or even the ones that'll be good. I mean, I guess we'll just kind of have to see. Hopefully they've got something up their sleeve, like a big get of somebody who's coming into GCW or maybe, maybe, maybe that's a setup for, this is a setup for someone in that regard. Otherwise this very much feels like he's, he's there just incredible. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. It all this really did was elevate Masha a little bit. <laughs> so I think it helped like elevate Masha for sure. I think they succeeded in that. She looked good in that match. There was some really cool shit in that match. It was it sucks that that's the end to take away from that being a really fun main event for those ladies. Yeah, I, I, it was a little disappointing in that regard in the sense of like, man, that was kind of a, a good match that we didn't get a finish to. Well, I guess we kind of did. The, the scaffold spot is kind of the finish, and it's just, you know, Masha would have rolled over and covered. And like the finishes should be Masha rolling over and covering her. And so they got Christian running in. I don't think ruins too much in that regard. But yeah, I'm, again, I, I'm, I guess I'd be interested in seeing Masha try to beat the crap out of him. That's kind of an interesting like thing but unless she's taken the title back right away which I, maybe that's where they're going i doubt i kind of doubt it but um do you think the know. reason that we think this kind of sucks is the reason he isn't signed somewhere right now uh no not necessarily i will say because i think what the problem in gcw i think is what a gcw champion is supposed to be I think I think that's the issue. It's not I think he's fine. I don't think he's like the the best, but if he the role that he's playing in ROH, right? Undercard spunky babyface spot guy. I think he does reasonably well and he could be signed as that if that's what he wanted, I think. But the idea that he's the lead heel is it's great to see him try. Good trying. I get you know. Yeah. I guess if you do look at a lineup of everybody that's won the GCW title, the funny one is supposed to be Matt Cardona. That's the one that as you going down, but then like you skip one more and you get to him and it's like, okay, just kind of a regular guy who isn't going to do these matches unless like the payoff in this is he does have to do one of these matches. I guess that could be interesting and we'll see again. I'm, I'm open here. Um, Part of the other thing I realized this weekend, though, I'm curious because like, we've got like two plus months before they do. It's only, I guess it's only two, but they've got two months before they do Atlantic City again. It kind of hit me that one of the things, another parallel with GCW and late ECW is that ECW would tour. They would sell tickets in a lot of different places. But even in that last year, like they could kind of like tread water for a while and then you'd be like, oh shit, ECW Arena this weekend, maybe like some angles are going to happen, like stuff's really going to move because they're at the arena. I feel like that's GCW in Atlantic City now where you're like, oh, I got to watch these because like stuff might happen as opposed to, no offense to Columbus, but like 
unless the match is there's a match you really want to see, like shit's not really going to happen in Columbus. You know, it really is like going to a GCW house show. Yeah. It, I mean, that's what, like, you know, going to Huntsville, Alabama, like, you know, once again, no offense to Huntsville. Um, <laughs> but they yeah, did I mean, you set guys up produce Bobby Eaton. I mean, you know, they, they did set up a fun angle at the end of Tournament of Survival when I don't think we mentioned that where Gage and uh, let's see what they came out to save Rena because all the the Freedoms guys came out and were beating up Rena, including the masked man, June Kasai, which have we seen June in a United States ring in a while? Like, I don't know if we it's been a bit for if it, I... we've definitely seen him in gcw japan but i don't know if we've actually seen him over here and uh i don't know the idea of getting to watch him and gage lock up is really exciting because i'm kind of wondering because they brought everybody out and the vibe of it was like oh man is this them setting up for war games right that would be a very cool you know deathmatch war games but it kind of has me wondering too are they just starting to promote because i think next month they're headed back to japan yeah, it might it might be that they could do deathmatch war games in Japan. That'd be pretty cool. You can't bring Gage though. Oh, because Gage can't. Travel. Maybe they found a way though. I mean, yeah, can't he go get kind of the Effie deal where he's like, I know I'm on probation, but this is my livelihood, and I need to travel. But Nick Gage, they're like, you will, you robbed a bank, sir. You you don't get to do this. He's like, but look, here are two photos of He's me holding babies. Pardoned from Biden a couple weeks. <laughs> Biden's just tr- like Biden's meeting him. He's just like he's just like you, sir, Nick Gage. You are America. I'm pardoning you. Or let's go the other way. When they start campaigning next year, Trump. He's like Garrett. I know you want my vote. I swear to God, I'll pardon Nick Gage. I'm like really. <laughs> clean slate he can go to japan you can watch gage wrestle in england and i'm like god trump what do was, i have you know, just spent a lot of time in atlantic city that oh i don't know i don't know if that'd get my vote i don't even think nick gage would want me to vote for that <laughs> don't do it garrett respect yourself no matter how bad you want to see me wrestle june kasai in japan no, I've got a beautiful life, Garrett. Don't compromise this country just for a match that I'm going to have. Okay, Garrett, we'll find a way to do this match somewhere else. Don't worry about it. Don't compromise yourself, Garrett. Be true to yourself. Do you remember how bad those four years affected your mental health? <laughs> I'm all about mental health. Um, just speaking of Gage and something I forgot to mention last week, when he came out, and he saved Sawyer Wreck at the end of the match from, from last week. He had Sawyer Wreck do the it's MDK all fucking day. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, she goes, I fucking love you people in the Nick Gage voice. <laughs> and that was very delightful. Um, yeah, overall, I thought, I don't know. I'm excited for what they're doing with Freedoms. I like the idea that we actually maybe get a storyline going into the Japan show. Because mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever had one other than like, this guy from GCW really, really wants to wrestle this guy because he's a big fan. Yeah. That's been the only story. Um, I don't know. That's, that's fun. But I think 
man, if they brought them back to Chicago and did deathmatch war games, mm. that might be worth a little drive because those freedoms maybe, guys are fucking crazy. Maybe Despy's going to show up in Japan because, I mean, that's during the G1, right? So he's free. Shit. That would be. Is he allowed? Like, is Despy allowed to wrestle? I guess he did it with Jun Kasai. So right, he does. He does stuff outside of New Japan. So I think, yeah, I, I, I again, we'll see. I guess I don't want to. Again, I don't want a fantasy book and make ourselves <laughs> sad because it doesn't happen. Despy's like, of but... course I'll be there. He's like, do you have a twelve pack of Seven Up? We'll drink all those, <laughs> cut the cans in half, build myself a little, a little ouchy board, and uh, we're gonna get going on this. <laughs> I'm just imagining him going to Tai Chi and being like, you got to finish this 12 pack, bud. We got I got cans to cut. Like, you should come like, over to freedoms with me. It's like, what's that? It's a sack of syringes. <laughs> they throw tai- them at you like darts. <laughs> tai Chi's like, I'll watch from over here. <laughs> uh, it is a shame. Tai Chi's a that, good um... friend. He'll come watch. Don't worry. <laughs> He's not wrestling, though. It is a shame that while Mox was over there, Despy was over here. And they, I bet those guys would have had a beer after that show. You know, they would have. That's a good point. They could have. Yeah, that's a shame for them. Soon. I, I Soon. bet he really would have had a conversation where he's like, you woke something up in me. I get why you do what you do. This is incredible. Is there any, so at the Forbidden Door, you have those two matches. Is there anything else they've even teased at this point? Not really. I I think there's not much. I mean, Phantasmo said something about the Forbidden Door because obviously he's still, he's not part of Bullet Club anymore, but he's aligned with, um, you know, Jay and, and Juice. So that maybe something happens related to that, but. Other than that, they really have not. Oh, I guess they've teased um, Zack Sabre against Samoa Joe. They've been doing some ROH stuff where both guys are like, I'm the television champion. I'm the television champion. So that that seems like a potential match on the table. I guess I just sort of thought that would happen at the next ROH pay-per-view or something. Which I think they announced. No, I think that's going to be Forbidden Door. Because that's I think the next ROH pay-per-view is, too, is during the G1. Okay. Where, that's in Jersey, right? Yeah, they announced it for uh, Trenton, New Jersey, mm. which is kind of far. I was like looking at it. I'm like, Trenton, that's kind of interesting. I guess if they announce like a real banger of a show and like facts like tried to talk me into it, I I guess that could happen. Um, but I'm also we're going the next night is the Newark Collision show. Which is much closer, um, and so is we'll that see. at the normal spot they do? Yeah, that's in, at the Prudential Center, the big, uh, the Jersey, the Devils Arena. Man, I was hoping since they're announcing this other show, that means more tour dates. Come back to fucking Nashville, please. We haven't Hopefully, had a show since to... the Build to Revolution last year. Oh wow, yeah, that's kind of surprising. Like, it's crazy how little wrestling we get here. Um, I feel like WWE comes through with, like, a Raw once a year and a house show. And then GCW, we had one of their very first touring shows. 
or towards the beginning. It did well. They loved it. Came back, had two great shows here and then have been to like Huntsville, Alabama more times now than they've been here. I feel like you might get a dynamite or a collision in August. Cause I'm just looking, they tend to cluster them and I'm looking and it's like Tampa, Greenville, South Carolina, Columbus, Ohio, Greensboro, North Carolina. Like that, maybe in like middle of August, you get one. <laughs> What's fun? So Punk is back. Or like in what? He's going to have, they've announced that TK is going to announce like a big match that Punk is going to have. The main event. I'll be, yeah, by the time you hear this, they'll, they'll probably have announced this. But right now, we just know that CM Punk is back and uh, all biting is legal. It's just funny that he's back now and the video game's finally about to come out and like they had to spend all that time like taking him off the front of it and the discs <laughs> and everything and now he's like I'm back and like you're not even in the goddamn game anymore. He's probably still in there, I hope. I don't know. They're definitely doing that um modern video game thing where you don't get all the characters unless you pay extra money. Yeah, I heard about that. Like FTR is like DLC or something or you know what? I won't do that for any games, but I'll do it for AEW. Give me just like a flat rate I can pay for like everything that they're ever going to release. You have my money. I'm going to play this game. And they said they're not going to release one every year like the 2K games. They said that it's just going to be a game that has updates and DLC because not enough changes in between. That's cool. If they're like, look, we're going to do a new version every two, three years when we've got like a full new thing to sort of update. That'd be, I think that's kind of a cool thing as opposed to just be like, we're going to do one every year just for shits and giggles. Just so you can have, so collectors can pay $70. Games are $70 now. Yeah, but you, well, first of all, weirdly, you think back, Super NES games were like 50 or 60 bucks. So 70 bucks now is actually pretty good from the inflation perspective. Also, they say that now, but if this sells like a million copies, there's going to be Fight Forever 2024. <laughs> and I'll buy it. Yeah. 100%. Like these are, as long as it's good, they've really been, I feel like I've seen a lot of footage of different wrestlers talking about it. I think I watched Britt Baker play it and they were talking about how it's a game you can just pick up and figure out the controls. Where if you try and pick up a 2K game, I don't care how much time I get with a 2K game. I'm never going to figure it out. There's too many buttons. Yeah, that's the the way they're pitching it. That's the kind of wrestling game I like to play, which is like you can easy to easy to pick up, hard to master is exactly what I want. I want to be able to just pick up this game and have fun playing against my friends. And if I end up spending a lot of time with it, I will. And if but if not, like can I just can I, Garrett, can I just like, can I fly to Nashville with like a bag of pizza chips and some prime and we'll just, just order a pizza? Wait, no, you just, uh, you, you throw, but before I get there, throw some, um, control your, uh, control your nutrition on some like on steak the grill, or yeah. some, on some, on the grill. We'll make a, we'll make a couple, we'll make some chicken breasts like we're Brian Cage. <laughs> we'll just eat them out of Tupperwares. <laughs> we got chips. Chicken breast in a Tupperware in Prime, and we'll just play for like twenty four hours straight. That sounds great to me. Um, <laughs> I mean, also we can just get you a Switch. 
and we could play online against each other. This is that's a less funny concept though, Garrett. I like you coming. I mean, I'm not gonna get you the switch if it means you're gonna come here and eat chicken breasts with me. But I, you know, how you, much is a you switch? Did, they're like they're not. It's the cheapest of the video game systems. I don't remember how much they are now. I'm curious because I've I was I don't know I I just haven't. It'll really, be the lesser graphics system in a while. It'll be the lesser of the graphics between them. Um, if you want like the cheapest video game system that would have the best graphics, it would be one of the X, like the new Xbox. I mean, it looks like it's 300 bucks. Oh no, the Nintendo Switch Lite is 200. Lite means it's handheld and you don't get to plug it into your TV. Oh, so you that just be doing good. So the Nintendo Switch is like $300. Oh, then an Xbox, I think is 300 bucks as well. If you'd get the one that doesn't take discs. So, yeah, let's see. Xbox. <laughs> Very exciting. Xbox is 272 right now on uh, the Xbox 360. On the... Oh, the 360. Actually, you're, that's too far back. Oh, okay. There's the 360, then there's the one. And now we're on to the Xbox Series S and X, I think. <laughs> The Series S there says there's a 2021 version that's $250. I think that's the one I have. Okay, and that'll work? If you tell me that works. Yeah, the Series S just means no discs. It's only going to run off Wi-Fi. You have to download everything. Uh, so you won't have a physical copy of the game. You would just have it downloaded into this Xbox. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be okay with that. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to accept that in my life. But no, I plan on playing this game a lot. Like this is something I'm very excited about. And I think Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what the story modes are though. Mm. Cause I'm I'm a big story mode guy. I like Are you I a like big like build your own wrestler and send him through his story? Or like you wanna be Daniel Bryan going through the I'm sorry, Brian Danielson. I'll go I'll go either way. Like I I've liked uh there was a SmackDown versus Raw, maybe 2008 from for the Wii that actually used the Wii controller. And it mm. was basically like there's like six separate stories where it's like road to WrestleMania. Essentially, it's like you you, you picked it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a created character. It was like you're CM Punk on the road to WrestleMania. You're whoever on the road to WrestleMania. And I enjoyed those quite a bit. I also, though, have liked making a character uh, my favorite all time wrestling game other than WrestleFest obviously amazing um is uh the two day of reckoning games in which you create your own character and this is my have we discussed this before I feel, i'm worried i've discussed maybe i've just discussed this with my friend uh beth who has a, a video game had a video game podcast um but day of reckoning, i don't think we have Okay, so here's the story in Dave. So there's a, a lot of different aspects of this. You're sort of on your way up, um, and you start to basically be a threat to Triple H, essentially. And your girlfriend is Stacy Keebler. So Triple H kidnaps her, and you have to, like, basically, you have to, like, win her freedom at WrestleMania. Wow. I like a big stake storyline in wrestling, and that's... A woman's freedom, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's it. That's it. Wow. So this it was the game was called Day of Reckoning. There were two of them. There was Day of Reckoning one and two. They were for the Nintendo GameCube. 
I got one of those because my best friend and former roommate like left one like he left behind a GameCube. And I just like went online and was like, what wrestling games are available for this? And I bought all four of them. Two of them are dog shit. And the other two were the Day of Reckoning games. And I played the shit out of those things when I was studying for the bar. I've never heard of this game. Uh, So was this, were all four games WWE games then? Yes. Yes. There were two WWE games before there was like a WrestleMania 18 and something else. I forget what the other one was called. Okay. Man. I I just missed the days of it sounds like those games were probably similar to like the ones I loved that I remember playing were on PlayStation 2 and it would have been like SmackDown mm. just bring it or something like that. And those we would play for hours after school, like just doing like tornado tags and the weapons matches and just you know, you could just throw some limp biscuit on the CD player. <laughs> be blasting that so mom's hearing swear words a bunch upstairs and uh just just be steve blackman super kicking people your mom's like at least he's not doing the drugs that's i a hundred percent a hundred percent they're like well he's straight edge and that is lame in its own right but <laughs> <laughs> i will just, i just want to point out so the, the the podcast my friend beth did with uh other friends uh emily and ashen uh, it was called Choose Your Character. They did like two seasons of it. And it's really good. If you've ever been like, if you're a video game person, but you want to talk about like the sort of feelings behind video games and the stories and the sort of what it evokes, I always thought it was a really great podcast. I'm not even a video game person. I would listen to it. Um, and they did an episode on Day of Reckoning where Beth had to explain, you know, the story. And their co-hosts are like, uh. <laughs> so are the, is Beth or any of the other co-hosts wrestling fans beth or are they just a huge fan beth and i like okay. watch wrestlemania together like but uh beth's uh partner ashton like literally you could almost hear in ashton's voice as this is being explained like i can't believe i married you <laughs> <laughs> now do they think it's does he think it's a a bad storyline as far as wrestling goes or just video games in general? I think Ashton thought it was just a, not a great story. Like in, like in wrestling, you know, again, Ashton's not a wrestling fan. So I think she's kind of like, this is just, I can't believe like the, why do the wrestling people do? <laughs> why is this a good story? And that's because... like, it's, it's beautiful. Like you get to set her free. It's nice. Yeah. That's, that's all anyone wants is to be free. Yeah, you know, like exactly. what? Let me guess. You thought that Aladdin was fucking stupid when Robin Williams got to be free at the end. Yeah, you know, that's all we're fighting for. Is get Thank those you. chains off. Yeah, but I'm really again, I'm just really curious what the story setup is. The other thing that I really liked about Day of Reckoning was that I could, um, this is like this game is from 2004, 2005, something like that. Okay, and so part of what they did in the Creator Wrestler is they let you use indie moves so like moves that none of the characters would have but they're built in and so my character had two finishers it was low keys key crusher okay as a pinning like a, a pinning finish. and the submission move was the anaconda vice cm punk because cm punk was not in the game was his way before he was still in roh but you could do, oh, you yeah. could do the anaconda vice and I was like, all right, I, I got low key and CM Punk's finishers. That's pretty cool. So let's see what they 
I feel like there's none of none of those like exist in wrestling now. Like every move is known to everyone. So unless they've added like new Vikingo moves recently. <laughs> what we'll have to do with this game is get Derek to custom make us characters. Mm. Uh, Derek in high school or in junior high would put in hours creating our friend group in these wrestling games and they would look so much like us. like even my guy i don't remember what moves he gave me but he definitely was wearing a heartogram top hat (laughs) (laughs) i'd be curious derek we'll, we'll we'll message derek we'll see if he can get on that um so i do want to talk about before we uh as we as we start to move towards wrapping it up, uh, we did watch the first episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, okay, yeah. Talking about, I'm very excited for the season because a lot of my favorites they're they're talking about. And this first one was about Chris Candido and Tammy. Um, I like as an episode of like telling the whole story, not the best. I and in part, I, I thought it did a really good job of telling Candido's story and not so much a good job of telling Tammy's story. So. He talked about so. What do you know, Gary? Because you obviously, what do you know about like the two of them? I'm curious. Nothing. Actually, you said you, nothing. Literally nothing. No. So I mean, anything you say to me right now is going to be a surprise. All right. So I've got some shocking things for you about Sunny. Oh, um. No. So. <laughs> um. So. So Chris and Tammy. Chris is from New Jersey. Big fan. Growing up, like obsessed with wrestling grandfather i think the only thing they mentioned this his grandfather was a wrestler like worked for wwf who's like a an underneath guy and um he like gets noticed in the early 90s he's like wrestling in the indies um in in new jersey he's, he's in high school and he meets while he's wrestling like in the front row he meets this girl who's tammy right who became sunny and Chris gets noticed by Jim Cornette, who has a does a, has a lot of great stuff in this episode. But he goes down to Smoky Mountain, and as Cornette says, he's like, "I'm trying to figure out how to pay the both of them enough to like move from New Jersey to Tennessee." And he's like, "Maybe I can use Tammy as a manager." And she's of course fucking great. Like people love. Basically, he gives her like a Hillary Clinton character in Tennessee in 1994. Everyone hates her. Mega heat. You know, it's going really well. And so they get signed to the WWF in 1995 and they are fitness instructors, the body Donna's skip. He's skip and she's sunny. Um, he eventually gets a tag team partner. Who's Dr. Tom Pritchard with blonde hair and like, like short hair. And he's, he's zip. Um, Dr. Tom Pritchard. It's very funny to hear him talk about being forced to be zip. He's like this fucking terrible. Um, but the, um, what happens is, of course, the, Sunny becomes a huge deal, right? Because she's the um, the most downloaded woman on AOL in 1996. All the horny boys are finding those pictures. And they're very excited to see Sunny. So she gets becomes a very, very big star, far eclipsing Chris very, very quickly. And she ends up sleeping with Shawn Michaels. Um, that they talk about in the episode. They don't talk about how... She allegedly was sleeping with Bret Hart too, and there's a very famous promo. We, you know, we talk about like Adam Page saying something about workers' rights that pissed CM Punk off. Shawn Michaels on live fucking television to Bret Hart's face, mind you, talks about how Bret has been having sunny days 
um, which I believe is what prompted them to literally just fucking fist fight each other in the backstage of Raw. Um, and and then lots of, and they also end up doing, um, so Chris. Wait, so, so, so he's still with her. Chris yes. is still with her at this point. Yes. Well, so all three of them are Eskimo brothers. Yes. Although whether Chris knew or like, like denied it to himself or no one's ever been able to like get a, a clear read on like how where was he was he like in denial or whatever so he ends up going to ecw becomes a, because he gets tired of being a, a low card guy in wwf becomes part of the triple threat right some of the, the diamond here and the looks like a nice here. shirt yeah i got the, the, the candido uh ecw shirt on um and he becomes a star but she ends up becoming she gets pilled up. WWF gets obsessed with Sable. They end up releasing her. She goes to ECW with them. They both do like just a shit ton of drugs together. There's a WCW run too. There's a very brief XPW run that we could watch. Just if, if we really want to get into see does they do. Is do that like XPW. the darkest of the times? Oh, it gets a lot darker, Garrett. It gets so much well, darker. Oh man. This gets, this, like, this is a dark side of the ring. Yeah, I know they're both not with us anymore. No, um, Sonny's alive. Sonny's with us currently. Oh yeah. Okay. So so let's 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 oh, do no. the two tracks here, right? So they both end up doing a bunch of drugs in the early two thousands. Candido cleans himself up, goes to TNA, um, is like having like a resurgence, right? In two thousand four, two thousand five, right? Suddenly he he's the small guy who can wrestle, and people love that. Right, this is AJ Styles, Amazing Red. He's bigger than fucking Amazing Red, you know. People, he's starting to to have this resurgence. He like injures his ankle, breaks his ankle in a cage match, gets surgery, flies too quickly after the surgery to get back to do like an angle for TNA, gets a blood clot. That's what kills him. All the somas, all the drugs, all the bumps. He takes an an easy bump breaks his ankle, dies from a blood clot at the age of thirty-three. That's ins- I did not know that. I yeah, I never knew that's how he died. Yeah, and and that was actually I think the most affecting part of the episode is that like Cornette and Tom Pritchard and Lance Storm all talk about like hearing about it, and like I'm like, man, this is Dark Side of the Ring. These guys have, must have interviewed a lot of sad, emotional men in their life, right? I mean, this is it's a lot of these shows are go to sad places watching like jim Cornette just break down in tears pritchard store all of them like the, the fact that the dark side people were like yeah this is these people are so broken up about this that this is noteworthy that we have to show it is like it is affecting to see them talk about like hearing about that i actually remember where i was when i learned that candido died because sort of a weird story our friend tom we became like part of, we were first years, my first year in law school, we became kind of friendly. And he was telling me, he's like, he mentioned something. He's like, oh yeah, Can, Candido died. I'm like, what? Like we, like that was, we, he, he like found out we were at a bar. I can still see us at the bar, but finding out, he like found out that like I was a wrestling fan. We started talking about wrestling and he made like a casual reference to this. I'm like, what? Chris Candido died. Like, I think I might need to like leave this bar right now like i don't know if i can continue to like drink in this like lower east side bar right now i think i probably did i i drank a lot in my early 20s um but yeah so sunny of course right um chris dies 
she keeps doing drugs, keeps doing pills, gets a million DUIs, does at first she does a website called like Wrestling Vixens or something, like with three X's with Missy Hyatt that's very softcore porn. Then later she does porn. Yeah. And then more recently, she with driving with a suspended license after God knows how many DUIs crashes into the back of a 75 year old man's car and he dies. So she's in jail now. She's in jail. And I see that she's a hall of famer. She is a hall of famer. She Sonny is actually the, um, the example when people have been like, why isn't China in the hall of fame? And they're like, well, you know, we can't have kids knowing about her doing porn. And it's like, Sonny's still in. And she, she killed did porn somebody. and she killed a guy. <laughs> China never killed anyone that we're aware of. Oh, I mean, if they had to take every murderer out of the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, she's she's just in she's in jail right now. So she's, okay, uh, so what I'm looking at is like her mugshot. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, you can Yeah, it's a lot le- it's a lot less arousing than the shots from the mid 90s. Well, when they're side by side like <laughs> That's <laughs> That um... is that is the darkest side of the ring. But that's the thing they didn't even they talked about the, her killing the guy, but they did not talk about her doing porn, which I think is like that's part of the like it's it's weird, you know. Uh I mean, like, it's not that weird, is it? It's just Tammy Tammy's looked rough ever since like again because of the drugs and stuff like it was such a like even in the early 2000s because I saw she was at indie shows a whole bunch and it was like is she okay like it was like is, is she okay in like 2002 you know what I mean like not looking great because she'd been on you know a, a boatload of drugs and booze and um, I do have a picture, I think, with her and Missy Hyatt somewhere. I could try to find that in my parents' house. That's somewhere. a cherished memory. That's a cherished memory, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I thought that was what I needed, but it's a very awkward shot. Very, very awkward. I'm Googling naughty stuff. And actually not being very successful. All right. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a sad. I mean, it's all very sad. Um, not like I guess I was expecting like Candido's thing is very sad and tragic, but I think I was expecting it, his death to come from a much darker place. Like it, it more comes from like a sadder. Like man, this is a very tragic thing to happen to such a young man. Yeah, it's like the weird, it's like the darkness in his life that he was overcoming and him dying like right then. That's what's like sad about it. It's like it's like man, if 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 he keeps it together, like he's probably still like he's probably working backstage at AEW like today if he keeps it together. You know what I mean? That's what's kind of yeah. sad about it. He is he would have had a long probably had a long career in that regard. And that's like Sam Kennison getting clean and then getting killed by a drunk driver right that's uh i mean that's that's a goddamn shame 
Yeah. I um, will recommend anyone, if any listeners watched it and really want to know more about Candido, uh, John Cosper, who was on um, one of the episodes from All In that we did on The Best There Ever Was, um, wrote a sort of co-wrote an autobiography with uh, Chris's brother, Johnny Candido, um, that is really, really good. I read it a, a couple of years ago. It's a very enjoyable read. Well, enjoyable in the sense that it's it's <laughs> it's well written and it's it's good and it's a great story. Obviously, it ends as sadly as the dark side of the ring does. Um, also, the one I would point out, people talk about him being an influence. I always note that when we interviewed MJF at All In, right, the the thing, the one thing he said that was not in kayfabe, right, was we kind of got him to talk about his influences, like people he likes. And one of the people he mentioned is Chris Candido, um, which makes sense. Again, I think Candido was maybe at least partially involved in training Brian Myers, at least the little bits early on, um, who was obviously a trainer for uh, one of the trainers for MJF. And I, I've actually always thought one of the guys you can see a lot of their style in MJF is Candido. Like if you watch a Candido match, they're kind of built the same. That's kind of part of it. They're built like a little bit shorter, but very stocky. And the way they move in the ring, like you can like, you can like draw a line between Candido and MJF. Um, I wish I again, I kind of wish dark side had talked about a little bit that I think, I think he is really, he's the influence on a lot of people and clearly on again, like one of the top stars in the business right now. Um, What would be like, because like I, I remember Candido, but I don't remember a ton of Candido matches. Is there like a couple standouts in your mind that I should check out before next week that mm. kind of do a really good job showcasing him? It's tricky. I mean, the one the heat wave match with with Storm is really, really good. And that might be one of his better matches at least of the ones that are like really widely available. He had some good ones with Jerry Lynn. Um, him and Candida, him and Storm together against RVD and Sabu, they had some pretty good matches. Um, again, he unfortunately kind of came of age at a time where he didn't get the opponents all the time that would have been to really let him be like, oh man, Chris Candido against this guy. Like he got some of that, but not as much as you would have wanted in retrospect. Um, so that's part of the, I think the other like aspect of of his career is that aspect too, where you're like, it's he he was before his time, and so as a result, he you kind of have to like see the the uh, the potential. Like you see for what the he talent. You see, yeah, exact perfect for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so yeah, I would say I mean, can try. I can try to find. I'll see if I can find a a, a link to one of them on like the ECW either like the house shows or TV and send you like one or two to take a look at. Um, okay. We got to find it. Who's dark side. We're, we're recording this on a Monday, but um curious who dark side of the ring. The next two weeks are. Um, uh, schedule. There we go. We got the schedule here. Uh, Magnum TA is next. Oh, and then next week is, uh, is Adrian Adonis. That's the one I'm one of the ones I'm most looking forward to. I really want to see what they have to say about it about old adrian honestly i think both of those will be pretty good yeah good show good all right well we'll uh watch wrestling and talk about it next week do we have any big shows coming up is there anything happening between now and next week if not we'll find something yeah we'll find we'll find stuff to watch but yeah i don't think much is uh much big is going down unless we're just forgetting things because so much happened in the last week or so 
So much wrestling. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. At Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. At Gartet on Instagram. At Chris Miggs on Instagram. At Jimmy Lloyd's IMDB page. Uh, Fax is still on his summer hiatus. Or his summer sabbatical. I believe we, we said. Or maybe we didn't even say that. But uh, either way, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Hit our goddamn music.